Hello, you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Zach McCoy. And it's your boy, Trev. And we are your Oscar Grouches, and welcome back to the Oscar Worsty Podcast Thursday show, Thursdaysy, where we take a look at the oeuvre of Oscar winner and knower of cinema, Mr. Martin Scorsese. And what are we watching this week, Zach? This week, we're watching Shine a Light. Marty and the Rolling Stones intersect at the 40-year mark of each artist's uh, respective career, culminating in a concert film shot in New York City. Nice. Excellent. Is this anybody's first time watching this film? It is mine. Yeah. I uh, Yes. Also mine. Forsazies. Oh, wow. Ah. Forsazies. That caught me off guard. I did not expect that. I... I will say I had a I had a real deep interest in seeing this movie, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I was working a job that wasn't paying me a whole bunch, and all my ticket money was going to go see The Dark Knight and Speed Racer over and over again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, I'm not so even I, mad at it. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm not even mad at it. <laughs> yeah. So I just kind of I just kind of missed this one, and I never caught back up with it. I don't even think I'd seen clips. A lot of things I've seen clips from, but. I don't think I ever sought out um, yeah. performances from around this uh, era of the Stones. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it got four nominations. Let's see where. The Alliance of Women Journalists. Okay. What's that mean? That, uh, nominated it for Best Film Editing and, and the Hanging In There Award for Persistence. <laughs> With Keith they, Richards for not dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, which he talks about. Which they nominated Ellen Curis, the cinematographer, motion picture sound editors, nominated it for best sound editing, music in a musical feature film, and uh, the St. Louis Fil- Film Critics Association nominated it for best documentary. It won none of those awards. Mm, okay. Mm, there you go. That's our awards breakdown. All right. All right. Okay. I just want to open this up with one note before we really get into talking about this movie. Why the fuck was Gimme Shelter not in this movie? I know. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to the opening music. Maybe maybe Marty felt it was too too obvious. I don't know. We pay our we pay our money for a ticket for one reason, and that reason was to hear Gimme Shelter. I, yeah. I'll, I'll say this I only have one complaint about this and I okay. want to get it out of the way now okay I really wish there would have been more shots of Marty jamming <laughs> to the Rolling Stones yeah there was I, none I I at least wanted more shots of him like sitting in whatever booth he was sitting in while directing just going uh, come on <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I saw the notes here that you know it's the, the opening somewhat fictionalized it's mm-hmm. sort of probably like the key to reserve i guess where they're just like making yeah. a little drama or or there was some drama they just blew it up a little bit to uh, yeah be a little more dramatic on screen yeah so it's, it's really cool that we're getting this though um considering how much you know their careers parallel each other like literally on the timeline of when each jumped on the scene and um marty's used their music so much from even from his earliest, yeah. I mean, I mean, Mean Streets, he's got a stone song in. I think he did he in uh, who's that knocking at my door, too? I feel like there was at least yeah, one, I think so. So, 
I um I love the Rolling Stones, and I was listening to them on my commute to and from work today, getting in the mood to talk about this. Yeah, I won't but, say I love the Rolling Stones because I'm really not a fan of a lot of this particular genre. However, mm. when it, it's the Rolling Stones over the Beatles all day, Rolling Stones is the epitome of rock and roll. They're the inspiration for what country evolved into into the 90s. Um, the, the Rolling Stones are rock and roll. Let's see. Um, I, uh, you know, I stick with uh, some of their, I guess, what we, you would call their more critically acclaimed. Like Exile on Main Street is probably one of my top 25 albums. Mm-hmm. And I love Let It Bleed and Sticky Fingers and all that. It's like that stuff to me is, like you said, it's the epitome of... Um, rock and roll and i love when they get into the kind of bluesy uh americana type stuff with the the gospel influence and mm-hmm. and i like that we get to see some of that with um you know their their like the bass player and some of their their singers and backup singers and things yeah yeah i do yeah. think it's kind of odd that we uh this happens to be something put on by the clinton foundation which is kind of an odd i mean it is what it is for the concert well, I mean, this is this was a stop in their their whatever the name of the tour was. The bigger bang. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was a stop there, and this. So, so they shot this over two nights, mm-hmm. and almost all of the concert footage is from the second night. But the first night was the night that the Clinton Foundation just happened to be like a partner in. Yeah, I'm not shocked about it. You know, you know it's funny where. The- just funny to see so much Bill Clinton in the beginning of the yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I yeah. I feel like a lot of old British musicians are super Democrats when they move over here to America, and they always have some form of a relationship with the bigger names within that party. So, I yeah. mean, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was funny when, who was it? Uh, Keith Richards. Is that who they came to? Like, oh, we just met the president, his guest. No, you met the president and his family. Here's his 30 guests or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I just like Keith Richards saying, hey, Clinton, we're bushed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what I have discovered, though, I opened up by saying that I, I have a lot of love for the Stones. And, and I'm found through this, though, that I I do kind of opposite of trav with the last waltz i prefer listening to them on record than i do uh watching their live performance i know they're still selling out you know <laughs> they were old in this and it's uh 14 15 years later and yeah you know god rest uh charlie watts but um they're still out there playing almost 80 years old and i applaud them mick jagger is uh a bottle of energy he's Got the moves that Adam Levine will sing about. So, yeah, dude, still does. Seventy-eight years old. Yeah, Christina Aguilera yeah. was uh, feeling those moves. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was a little. I was like, <laughs> dude, that that girl is young enough to be your great granddaughter. Stop this. You know what's wild <laughs> is that his new partner that he has a baby with is like ten years younger than Christina Aguilera. <sighs> so, yeah. you know, yeah, epitome of rock star, I guess. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I I didn't love the uh, I don't I I know you know forty years of playing the same 
a lot of the same songs. You got to do something a little bit, but I don't love when artists switch up the melody or how they're singing a little bit that some of the songs he was like shout singing and losing the melody and, and Keith Richards, you know, he makes the comment that neither him nor Ronnie Wood are especially great guitarists, but I almost feel like he's bad (laughs) playing. He's, he's not even like playing the whole riffs. He's just playing part of it enough to be recognizable. And that that bothered me a little bit just as far as like holding my attention, I guess. Oh, see, I thought Ronnie Woods, I've always thought Ronnie Wood is underrated Mm. and I thought he was killing it on stage. Yeah. I, I have no real complaints about him, but the, the moments they were focusing on Keith Richards is like, (laughs) I don't know. He didn't, he he didn't look like he was that into it to me, but maybe that's just, you know, He's floating through a lot of times. Oh man, but he he definitely gets real excited when Buddy Guy comes out and plays. Oh him. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Gives him mm-hmm. that guitar. Yeah, which is a big deal for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Jack White was out there killing it. Dude, yeah, I did not expect to see Jack White come out. I was shocked that uh, Jack White was out there with him. Jack yeah. White is, and I know literally. He's just known for Seven Nation Army, but that man is a musical genius <laughs> and is ins- criminally underrated. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, White Stripes and his solo stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. I mean that's why. Yeah, what about, what about the Raconteurs? I do like them too. The Raconcoonies. The Raconcoonies. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. No, man. Honestly, I have the opposite of Uzak. I thought they were incredible live. I love bringing in the big band stuff and having mm-hmm. saxophones and you know they got the soulful background singers and uh, yeah. I yeah. I could have looked at Lisa Fisher all day. Oh absolutely. <laughs> hey and she's feeling herself some uh, Mick Jagger. You know what I mean? You can see yeah. it in her face. She loves some Mick Jagger. So. She started shaking it at him. I was like, no, no, let's just stay here for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, man. Mm. No, I thought it was a really, really good performance. I really dug the show. Um, I just love performance rock shows. Like, I don't want to see that boring Bob Dylan shit. I want to see this right here. Mm. I want to see old guys on stage rocking. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess yeah. Like you said, uh, I'm a, a little bit opposite. I would have preferred more of the uh, the old interviews and stuff, and more of the, I guess, the Rolling Stones documentary, which probably exists that I just don't, I can't think of at the moment. But, mm. um, but you know, I can't downplay their energy. Their fan, their fantastic energy, always through their performances, and. Um, I like that we had a little flashback to when the interviewer asked Mix, like, do you see yourself doing this when you're 60? He's like, absolutely. And there he is. Yeah, yeah. 60, <laughs> 63 when this was filmed. Uh, so. Yeah, no, they'll never stop playing. I die on stage. Yeah. 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 I need I need to talk about these camera operators for a second. Okay. What yes. the fuck? <laughs> it's absolutely beautifully shot. That's why, for sure. Why is it that Marty just can't can't be like, I just want to grab like a bunch of film kids from NYU to come operate the cameras for me. He has to, he has to have all the most talented DPs in the world come just hold mm. a camera to watch the Rolling Stones play a concert. <laughs> I mean, in, in all fairness, um, who is this by Paramount? Yeah. They paid a, a pretty penny to, you know, do this, 
concert film and put it in theaters when you know i this thing's in theaters you know what i mean there's not a whole lot of concert films going in the theaters and an imax when and an imax yeah when being an imax actually kind of meant something right but no i mean if manuel lubezki is one of his camera operators Mm -hmm. that's wild but in all fairness (laughs) martin always is working with like Whenever he does these, it's insanely successful bands. You know what and, I mean? So, yeah. of course, these guys are going to want to come in and be a part of the project. It's the fucking Rolling Stones. And get a free like, concert out of it. Or yeah. get, paid, get paid to be there. Yeah. Yeah. But I, the first utilization of digital cinematography for Scorsese. That's wild. Bing, he didn't bing. do any sort of digital cinematography until 2008. Or it's probably uh, seven when it was shot. Yeah, six, uh, it was shot uh, late, late in 2006. Yeah. Like just uh, October and November. That is crazy to me. Uh, yeah. He gets John Toll, who wow. shot Braveheart in the uh-huh. Thin Red Line. That's Whoa. Great. As one of his camera <laughs> operators. <laughs> like he said with the, you know, the Maiden Milan. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Just dear Spare Lord. Spare no expense. Yeah. <laughs> I just watched that movie this week. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then also I want to point out Bob Ellswit, who they call out by name in the movie. On top of that, uh, Robert Ellswit, who is P.T. Anderson's guy, oh yeah, shot pretty much all of his movies. He's one of his camera operators, <laughs> and of course Robert Richardson's his cinema- is his main cinematographer on this. So it goes. Yeah, gotta gotta have the talent to capture all those white women in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I was shocked at how many young people were in there. Yeah, that. like up right front, too. Yeah. yeah. That not shock anybody else. I'm like, well, I mean, those bit. are probably Bill's friends, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> for my understanding. I, I, I yeah, yeah. This isn't, most of that isn't part of the Bill Clinton stuff. Right. That's not the same night. <sighs> So, yeah, no, it was a little shocking though, and they knew the words too. They were jamming. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were they were uh, ogling mixed midriff, I guess. <laughs> I he, was, he was showing it as often as he could. That's, mm-hmm. that's true. Usually does. Nah, man, but Ronnie Wood needs some more love. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say for sure. It was just his that. birthday uh, yesterday, I think. Really, uh, yesterday at, wow. as the time we're recording. How old is is he now? 73 he's i mean he's a little younger than the others i think um he was born in 47 75 75 bro this man was born in 1947 so all the uh, everybody else is born in like 1943 and he just literally just turned 75 his birthday is june 1st yep wow mixed birthday is coming up next month he'll be he'll be 79 and you know what's crazy is I had just seen a thing with Mick recently. He doesn't look much different from this damn concert in 2008. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, 2006. He's, so what's it called? It's using is, them. I don't. I don't get how these guys. I'm not saying they look good for their age. I mean, I, they do look good for their age, but they still look old. And yeah, you know, yeah, they're in great shape for their age, but their faces show the years for, for sure. sure. And it just blows my mind that they can still go on stage and perform. Like that, especially Mick Jagger did. Like he didn't stop the whole. And I know it's cut and edited, and it, but it he didn't seem winded. 
Nope. He was you know, singing. He's he was dancing. Singing. He's, I think the singing changed a little bit like you were talking about because, I mean, he was 75 yeah. when they did this. Or, or no, 60, 65 when they did this or yeah. whatever. So it's like, well, yeah, he, he ain't going to have the same voice, you know, them damn cigarettes and alcohol, mm-hmm. and it's going to get a little raspy. Yeah. But I don't know, man. Even if you don't like their music, you you can't look at that and not just respect the hell out of it, dude. Right, that's for sure. I remember, um, you know, a long time ago reading um, some early reviews of uh, Rolling Stones when they were first coming out and how, uh, like, some guy at the record label was like, the band sounds good, but you got to replace the singer. It's like <laughs> the Rolling Stones without Mick Jagger and just the, the icon that he's become. That would be crazy. Yeah, because I don't think they're great songwriters. Hmm. Like, I've never heard a Rolling Stones song that I said, wow, these guys are some of the best songwriters I've ever heard in my life, ever. They're they're great at what they do. I don't mean no disrespect to it. Yeah. But th- they're not good because they're great songwriters. They're good because Mick Jagger just has it. Whatever it is, he has it. And he's the epitome of what a lead front man should be in a rock and roll band. I mean, just just same with Kiss. They're not great songwriters neither. <laughs> they just got it. You know what I mean? It just is what it is. Yeah. Not a Kiss fan here, so. Yeah. But. Oh, I'm a Kiss fan. <laughs> yeah, look at that smile. Your boy's a Kiss fan. <laughs> you know who else was a Kiss fan? I won't repeat his name. You're going to say Adolf Hitler. No. I, I was gonna say thanks, thanks. Like it was, <laughs> I, I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know if you're talking about your wife's twin brother. I, I don't know who you're talking about here. Somebody uh, who abandoned me at um uh, uh Mr. Magoo. Mr. Magoo. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I love this. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know where to go from Zach's comment, you know, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Gene Simmons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I I agree with that. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, no, this this was fun. It was, yeah, yeah. It was cool. And yeah, I don't I, I don't have anything else to say. I, I had a great time watching this. It, Absolutely. It was just a good time, a real good concert. It was a real well shot. I love I love the bookends of of Marty. Like him and <laughs> Keith Richards butting heads yeah. is amusing. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. And that then was awesome. That that steady cam walk going backstage and him being there like, go, 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 follow, follow, follow. And then uh-huh. they go outside and he's there again. <laughs> I like the ending too. Yeah, how how it how it turns, go like cranes up to to show the marquee of the mm-hmm. the beacon theater and then how it goes out and becomes like it's the animation of the city of New York as it keeps going out and you see the mm-hmm. island in Manhattan and then the moon the moon's up in the air and it turns into the ending. the Rolling Stones logo. Oh, it's so fun. I love it's, that Rolling Stones logo. It's so iconic. That's a good logo. Can you yeah. think of another band that has a logo without their name being in it that you immediately see that logo and go Rolling Stones. Like I can't think of another band that has a logo, a logo no words, and uh, you know, hey, that's that band. Because a lot of bands, their names in the logo, ACDC, yeah, Kiss. Like, yeah. 
they're synonymous with the font and how it's spelled. But Rolling Stones is just a logo, you know. And like, it's like you know, you know I could I could probably see the uh, the Ramones Eagle if it didn't have their names around it, and ah, mm-hmm. uh, I'd immediately know. Yeah, yeah. Zach over here looking. Look up some <laughs> logos. Maybe the Misfits. Yeah. Okay. okay yeah. The skull okay. From the maybe misfits. the Misfits. That's All about right. it. That's I'm, about I'm it. just having trouble thinking of a bad religion. Ooh. The Crossbuster. Okay. I the, the, feel like you have to be into that kind of music, though. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, it's not it's, pop culture enough. It's. I think it. They're iconic enough in their own right that. But I. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Like I. I wasn't trying to get to like I wasn't going to say. Uh, like the little MXPX running boy. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh no, not the Hatchet Man. Uh, oh, the Hatchet yeah, Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although, however, you know, <sighs> with all due respect, that Hatchet Man is iconic for good or bad. You, you know, you what, know what it you is. Know what when it you, is. You when know you roll up is. behind someone at a stoplight, you know exactly what you're looking at. Absolutely. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at. I'm like just pictures of big old. Uh, Compilations, so so many are just the you like you said it's the band name written a certain way, right? Rolling Stones or like like if you were to see if you were to see somebody else's name in that font, you'd immediately think of that band and know that you know that band. Here I got okay one other, uh, the Grateful Dead. Okay, yep, that's about it. Yep, and and they have they have two logos that I think you can immediately notice them by. Yeah, the Bears and then the. The the deadhead. The deadhead. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's it. You know? All right. Well, we're going to uh, get to our worsty judgments. Trav, where's this sitting on your Thursday's ranking? Ah, uh, man, you know, it's hard for me to not like... Uh, a rock concert film. There's, I mean, it's just a great time. It's a fun time. I love them. I, when I was in high school, I, and I still got them kind of put away under the eaves in like a box, but like yeah. when a band put out, I got a Lamb of God, Slipknot, Kill Switch, like, cause at this time, everybody would just put out a DVD, whatever. I'd get them all. I love concert films. And, you know, rightfully so. This one was fan fucking tastic. Five stars all around. I have it sitting just under Taxi Driver in my seventh spot, right mm-hmm. above Age of Innocence. Nice, nice. Zach, where's the sitting for you? So you know, I I was a little critical of certain things, but it, it's absolutely masterfully made, beautifully filmed. Um, I just probably would have preferred maybe a different era of the Stones and. Um, I think Charlie Watts was even kind of like, why is this Clinton stuff in the film? Because it kind of, I mean, you know, they don't embrace Clinton that much, so it doesn't like discredit the Stones, but it's not very rock and roll. Yeah, I, I think I think Marty even said if if he could go back and re-edit the film, he'd take all the Clinton stuff out. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, we were just coming out of eight years of Bush, and I yeah, I I could feel that like just kind of sitting in there, right, and. Uh, I can't remember the release date. I mean, it's probably during Hillary's uh, campaign and stuff. Also true. So anyway, that sounds gross. 
all this just sounds like gross. <laughs> uh, gross time. But anyway, I gave it uh, four stars. Um, and I've got it at number 19 right behind The Last Waltz because I prefer the uh, performances in The Last Waltz. And you, Mr. Workman. As for me, uh, I gave this five stars as well. I think this is just five stars. Five I think stars. it's I think it's a fun romp. Uh, the as I said, the bookends really kind of put it up in the five star category for me because they're fun. It's fun mm-hmm. little additions, and and I like that Marty just can't do anything small. Mm. Right. He can't. He can't just be like, "We're just going to set up some cameras and enjoy them." No, he's got to have a giant boom fucking crane. He's got to have. <laughs> he's got to have like three people in the audience and seven people on the stage. He's just he's nuts, and I love him for it. Uh, and all those people are way too overqualified to just be walking around with a camera. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is getting the five stars. I put it at my number thirteen, and it is right under. No Direction Home, Bob Dylan. <laughs> I love a good narrative documentary. Okay. All right. Zach, what are we, uh, no, no, we do the, uh, the other thing now. We're going to call it there. And Trav, where can people follow you on the media social? That is right. You can follow me on the Instagram at ZK Audio, where you can also follow me on the Twitter at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-C-K, where I'm also on Letterboxd, where I get a rate of my daily movie watches. And you know what? I want to talk about a show. I don't want to talk about a movie, because the movies that your boy been seeing, these streaming movies, they ain't been that good. But you know what? Under the banner of heaven, you know, Andrew Garfield, our Lord and Savior, came through once again and you know what after i've seen what andrew garfield has put out the last two years i understand why he's taking a break this man has put on emotional performance after emotional performance Mm. over and over again he deserves a break because this man is just killing it right now so watch under the banner of heaven if you haven't seen it on hulu nice your second favorite garfield Uh, no no he's the first there you go just because I enjoy, you know, some Garfield don't mean I like it more than Andrew Garfield, sir. Good. Wait, are we, are we referring to James Garfield, the uh, assassinated president? Exactly. No, I think we're referring to um, Chris Pratt's Garfield <laughs> you know, with, uh, with Father Samuel Jackson. <laughs> okay, I just thought we were going to get into some Charles Gateau talk, and uh-huh. that got me excited for a minute. Andrew Garfield, uh, he... Um... He really enjoys lasagna, and he doesn't like to have meetings uh, booked on Mondays. I don't blame him. And he didn't make Charles Gateau the ambassador to France. Right. All right. Uh, Zach, where can people follow you? Follow me on Critter, Zachmaster, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R. Uh, I'm slurring my words here. TikTok, House Havoc, Letterboxd by searching my name, and Mr. Workman. Uh, you can follow me across the platform, uh, at Father of the Fear across the platforms of... Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, where I'm keeping a running tally of all the films I watch. And uh, I I said it yesterday. I watched all of Stranger Things Season 4, so I didn't watch a lot of movies this week. But I did rewatch Jurassic Park. It's still that good. <laughs> yeah. Right. It is still so much fun. And I introduced uh, Owen to, dra- to the movie for the first time. Hell yeah. And he seemed to enjoy it. Was he scared? Uh, a couple of times, yeah. Yeah, so were my kids. And yeah. 
I know people say it's a borderline horror movie. That's always been the trope. Yeah. I don't recall ever being scared of Jurassic Park, though. Like, I've always just loved it. I went and, yeah, I went and saw it in the movie theater when I was nine, and it's just been one of my favorite movies ever yeah, since. Yeah, when I, when I started hearing about how much it scared people as an adult now, I'm like... Mm. Yeah, I was seven when I saw it in theater. So, it, I mean, there were scenes that scared me. I mean, at, atmospheric scenes in the kitchen scene in particular i remember scaring me <laughs> but i just i think in all yeah. fairness i was already watching nightmare on elm street and stuff and that's yeah. drastic park just can't hold a can't right sorry and, t-rex you can't hold a candle to you know freddy's so. you know the, the indiana jones movies all have really like R- right, horrific yeah. imagery in them uh-huh. i was watching all those like like not when i was when i was four and five those are the movies i was just yeah. Inhaling gremlins, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, you stuff like that. Ghostbusters. You were there watching Schindler's List. I mean, no, you saw Jurassic yeah, exactly. Park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't see Schindler's List much too much longer after, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Jurassic Park, it rules. It does. It does rule. All right. Uh, Zach, what are we watching next week? Next week, we are watching A Letter to Elijah. That uh, rat bastard. It's the American Masters PBS uh, documentary that Marty did, and unfortunately, not currently streaming anywhere. But we'll watch it for you and tell you how it is. Excellent. Well, uh, thank you for that, Trav. Uh, thank you I, for producing our show. Wow, Blow a kiss. welcome. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> and you can catch Trav on hit our sister podcast, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. We'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for a most excellent theme song. We would like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod and on Facebook at the Oscarsity Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Don't leave those lights on. Mick will burn up. <laughs> so, for Trap, Zach, Camera operators Mitchell Adamson, Pat Capone, Stuart Dreisberg, David Dunlap, Rob Elswit, Chris Harhoff, Tony Janelli, Lucas Jogala, oh man, I butchered that one, Ellen Kuras, Robert Leacock, Andrew Lesney, uh, Emmanuel Lubezki, Anastas Mikos, Chris Knorr, Declan Quinn, Andrew Rollins, Gerard Saba, and of course the great John Toll. We would like for you all to have a damn fine.